Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Live podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. Got three gentlemen on the podcast. Guys, would you introduce yourself? Kevin Kenora, Biblical Counselor. Sam Schmidt, Pastor, Sacred City Moline. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Yeah, so we have a listener question today. Somebody uh, reached out to Pastor Justin to better understand how we should be thinking about the conflict in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas. Ooh, that's deep right there. <laughs> Hot topic. Oh, you want to start it out, Alex? Man, I'm waiting on you. I'm following my leader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, first off, I have to qualify it and say that I am not an expert on the Middle East. Anybody listening to this podcast probably knows that. I have read uh, a few books. I have studied my Bible, and um, I try to stay up to date on things. And um, so there's two, two big questions that I hear in that. One is kind of what to think about Israel, mm. and two, what to think about Israel and Hamas. And so there's, there's things you have to, we have to need, we kind of need to understand where Israel came from and, and what Israel is, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have to, we need to talk about what is, how does the Bible describe Israel, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, so one is kind of historical, the other one is biblical. Then we've got to know what is Hamas, mm-hmm. right? What's going on? And there's also, you know, tied in with that, the Palestinians. And so what are the, Pal- who are the Palestinians? What is Hamas? And then we need to know what is actually going on over there. And that's difficult to know um, just because of what they call the fog of war. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're getting information now faster uh, than we ever have in history. We're getting videos. We're getting um, satellite images. We're getting all kind of things. And um, sometimes you know what is actually going on there, mm-hmm. but sometimes those things can be shared with a narrative attached to it yeah. and the narrative actually not be accurate. And so it takes a, usually a day or two or maybe a week or something for that information to get correct, corrected. So it's, um, yeah, so these are some, some really good questions. And um, I think, again, kind of uh, we're going to do our best to, to answer some of these questions. So, um, Kevin, I think I can, I, I don't want to talk this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff I think, um, where did Israel come from? Yeah, so... You talking historically, yep. biblically? Yep. Yeah. Israel being the chosen people of God from the line of Abraham, or Abram at the time. God calls Abram out of the land of Ur, um, calls him to, to follow him, to leave everything behind, to trust him, and makes a covenant with him, says, hey, you know, I'll be your God, I'll multiply you, your offspring shall be as, as many as the stars of heaven, the sands of the sea. Yeah. Um, and then Sam, so Abram is promised a son that will be multiplied. He's promised to be the father of many nations. Mm-hmm. And yet he, at, you know, how, how old is he, you know, at, at this time? Yeah. He's up there. He's up there. He's at the point where the hardware don't work much. The hardware don't work much. <laughs> yeah. This soft marrow wire might have been firing, <laughs> but the hardware don't work. Oh gosh. I could have made a joke yeah. there, but I won't. Uh, okay. So, so, so what happens? What is his wife yeah, that's where uh, we are introduced to his son Ishmael with Hagar, his uh, his wife's mm-hmm. uh, what, Con- maidservant. Uh, maidservant, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and his wife, having heard of God's promises, unsure that God can actually deliver that. Sarai took, takes things into her own hands, pushes his, her help into Abraham's bed or Abram's bed, and they come out with Ishmael. Mm. Yeah, so um, Abram doesn't lead his wife, and his wife decides to take things into her own hands and try to fulfill God's promises through human strength and human ingenuity mm. rather than waiting and resting in the providence of God because she's worn out. And so here's my young, pretty young thing, except this pretty young thing is a godless woman. She's mm. not a follower. She's not a, a Jewish woman. She's not a follower at the time. You know, I'm saying Jewish, but mm. um, she's, not a covenant, she's not of the covenant people. And God, God says that this Ishmael is going to be a wild donkey of a man. Mm -hmm. And yet he's, God is going to bless him and he is going to be this, you know, basically the head of a nation, let's just say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but he's going to be a wild donkey of a man. And eventually Abram, <clears throat> um, this wild donkey of a man grows up and he's like a teenager by the time Isaac, Isaac is the son of the promise uh, that came through the, basically through the Holy Spirit and through, through God's covenant is born. And so, and we've got Isaac being kind of bullied and um, I, I would use the word probably abused mm. by his teenage half-brother, mm. Ishmael. And so Abram, well, Sarah says, this woman and her son are basically causing all this trouble in our household. You need to get rid of them. Mm. <clears throat> so Abram goes up and casts them out. He, he literally tells them to leave and he, he tells them to kick rocks and... Um, Ishmael and his, his mom rides off into the sunset. And roughly speaking, this is where the Arab people come from, mm. okay? So we have conflict going all the way back at least 4,000 years mm -hmm. to one man, you know, and some sexual tomfoolery going around. The, you know, one man trying to take things into his own hand and fulfill the covenant. <clears throat> and God says, nope, I've rejected Ishmael and I've chosen Isaac. Yeah. All right? Now, that's where the people, <clears throat> the people come from, right? And then from there we see... Um, Joseph and Joseph, you know... Um, all the stuff he has to go through and he gets brought into Egypt and then there's a great famine and then the people move into Egypt and then um, the, the Israelites start populating and start, um, they're fruitful and they multiply and they start growing and then you see some advisors to Pharaoh come to Pharaoh and say, these Jews or these Israelites, that you've these Hebrew people, they're, they are multiplying, they're going to be a threat to your kingdom. Like you've yeah. got to do something about them and then Pharaoh starts being especially cruel to them and they're in slavery for hundreds of years. Yeah. And then God raises up Moses to be the deliverer, bring people out. He gives these people in, you know, a million or so people get brought out. They're in the desert. God gives them the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and he's forming them into a nation. Now, mm. um, I don't know when they became a nation, if they didn't officially become a nation until, you know, David... Um, or I'm sorry, not David, but uh, Saul became king, but they were a, um, a kingdom, right? That's what they were, a kingdom. Mm -hmm. So you see Israel as a people, as a collective people 
with a king, let's say in a government, and a legal structure, the law, the, 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 the Torah, and they kind of have a defined region, right, where they have a defined region there. And, um, and then we see through the Old Testament this, this Israel is a mixed people, or, or the, as Solzhenitsyn said, the line of good and evil runs right through the heart of every human being. And so the Israelites abandoned God, and they walked away from him, and they broke their national covenant, and God allowed other nations to come in. And so there's this, you know, obviously they had a temple at one time, and they, the temple gets destroyed. And oh, we one thing though, I think just because there's so much to cover. One thing that got skipped over. Part of Abraham's promise was not only a multitude of people, but a land. Like he would have a place. Mm-hmm. And so then, what you were talking about there, as as Moses led them through the wilderness for those years there was that promised land that one day they'd cross the Jordan yes. and God would be giving them that land. And there were people there yep. that were already existing in that space and God would drive them out. And, the and God would, told them right. to drive them out and right. in some instances to kill every single yeah. one of them. Mm. And that will come back. Yep. There's a reason why he said to kill every single one of them. <clears throat> okay, And it yep. wasn't because you know, it was leave it to Beaver and the Cleavers were in town and these really nice people needed to be driven out. That's not why. Um, so... With the covenant, there was a, there was, the covenant promise included land, it included people, mm-hmm. and it included prosperity. Well, I would say the Messiah, well, like ultimately the the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? The, the the ultimate covenant keeper, the one that was going to renew all things, right? Sure. It included those three things, and all right. So then, <clears throat> then. Um, Oh, I can't remember what it was. It was 70 years or so before the time of Jesus. There is um, a ruler that comes in. I think his name is Antichias. It's got a, it's a funky name. I can never remember the name. But anyways, he comes into the temple and he basically proclaims, he, he starts worshiping the Greek gods. He sacrifices to Zeus on the altar in the temple, the Holy of Holies. And this is kind of like the man of lawlessness. This is kind of like the, the antichrist in one sense that he comes up and he's going to destroy the Jews and he's tired of dealing with them. And he's going to restore the right worship to the Greco-Roman gods. Antichias Epiphanes or something like that, I think is how I say it. Is that, are you looking it up right now? Yeah. Antiochus, the fourth Epiphanes. There we go. All right. So my memory served me decently. Yeah, not bad. Um, and so that's when, you know, basically the temple gets, torn up, the people get subjugated, and then Israel doesn't, they don't possess the land, okay? They don't possess the land. They are a subjugated people. They become under Greco-Roman rule, and this is where we we meet Jesus. We meet Jesus in this, um, the Jews are a people group, but they don't own the land, Mm -hmm. right? They don't own the the land. And, um, um, and then in AD 70, so Jesus walks through the temple, if you remember, and he says, this place is going to be destroyed mm-hmm. and there's not going to be one stone on top of another stone. I'm going to totally, because we don't need, basically he's saying, I have fulfilled all the Old Testament mm-hmm. and we don't need a temple anymore because I'm the ultimate sacrifice, I'm the ultimate priest, all these things. Mm-hmm. Well, in AD 70, um, you know, the Romans just get tired of dealing with this little sect mm-hmm. of Israelite religion. And so they 
come in and absolutely destroy the temple. They mm. burn it, they tear it apart, and they're like Jesus said, there's not one stone left on top of another stone. And at that point, the Jews basically could not really practice their religion as the Old Testament Jews once did. They could right. no longer practice their religion. They couldn't sacrifice, they couldn't do these things. And so there's what's called the Jewish dispersion. And so the Jews are kind of dispersed all over the world. Mm. Okay? All over the world. And the Jews... So, is, so I want you to hear this. Israel was destroyed. Mm. It, it was wiped off. So you guys, have you ever seen those old maps where... You know, there used to be a country here and then there's no more a country there. Mm. Israel, there was no more there was no more country there, if we're gonna say it like that. There's no more nation, mm. there's no more state, there's no more kingdom. Israel was gone. Okay, so there was no Israel. Mm. And in now here, here's what we believe. Or let, let me I'm gonna get into some biblical prophecy and some things right now. In Romans chapter nine through eleven. Paul writes that not everyone, not all of, not all the, well, actually, it's before that too, that there, you could be a Jew and not be a true Jew. Mm. You could be of Israel, but not of Israel. And what he means by that is Abraham was justified by faith, right? Mm. Abraham was justified by faith. So there were the Jews who were justified by faith before Jesus. And in order to be a true Jew, so you could be circumcised, but not circumcised in heart. And who cares if you're circumcised is basically Paul's argument. Yeah. What matters is you're circ circumcised in heart, and that happens by faith and yeah. faith in Christ. And so he builds out this argument because people are asking, well, the Jewish people were God's chosen people. Has God abandoned them? Mm. Has God abandoned them? And his argument in Romans 9 through 11 is... Well, really, God didn't abandon, abandon them, but they abandoned him. Mm, yeah. And God is going to use, so he basically says, he talks about a vine and, or a fig tree, I can't remember what it is. And he, he says the roots of that tree was were the Jewish people, you know, the, the covenant people from Abraham on. But some of those rejected God. Christ. Some of those chose to obey the try to try to obey the law on their own strength, or didn't or rejected Christ, and so they've been cut off. Those branches have been cut off, okay. And new branches have been grafted in, called the Gentiles. So people who were so the covenant went specifically to Abraham and his descendants, the Jewish people. Mm. But at the time of Jesus, the Jewish people. There were of the, you know, we know the Jewish leaders by and large rejected Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, many Jews believed in him, but many, most of the religious establishment did not. And so Paul's making this argument that that is a judgment coming on the nation of Israel. That's a judgment coming on the Jews right there. And they've been cut off from the covenant promises of God. So if they want to go back and say, if, if the Pharisees of the day want to go, oh, we're, they, which they always do, we're sons of Moses. He, mm -hmm. Moses is our father. All the promises belong to us. Jesus would say, nope, you're out of the covenant. The promises no longer belong to you. The promises are passed down through faith, not just through physical lineage. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, Paul makes this argument and says, <clears throat> he's praying and he, he says he longs for the Jewish people to come back 
to faith. He longs for his nation of Israel to believe in Jesus Christ. But right now, they're not. Mm -hmm. And so what he writes in Romans, 9, Romans 11 is that he hopes the gospel coming to the Gentiles now. So they were hardened. The Jews were hardened. They were cut out. The, the Gentiles have been grafted in. The, the Gentiles are now accepting the gospel. They're believing the gospel. And he hopes that that makes Israel or the Jewish people jealous. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. I hope that they get jealous that the covenant has went to the Gentiles. And who knows, maybe the Israel can be grafted back in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the words he used, and, and so this is where people get kind of confused. He says, when the fullness of the Gentiles come to faith, then Israel, all Israel will be saved. All Israel will be saved. It's the same word. It's a Greek word, pleroma. And it, it doesn't mean fullness in the sense of every single Jew or every single Israelite or every single um, Gentile. It means all the elect. So God has elected people to be saved from the Jewish people, from the nation of Israel, right? And from Gentiles. That means all over the globe. Mm -hmm. And Romans, Romans 12 seems to talk about the, the covenant promised. So let's say the gospel comes to the Jewish people. The Jewish people is a mixed bunch. Some receive it, some reject it. And so the Jewish people as a nation, Israel, they are cut off from the tree. Now the gospel goes to the Gentiles, okay? And the gospel is going to go to the Gentiles until the gospel is preached all across the world and the, the fullness of the Gentiles believe. So all of the elect among the Gentiles come to faith. Mm -hmm. And then, and by this, by, or in this way, all Israel will be saved. Mm -hmm. Now, this is why there's a big confusion. Like John Calvin, Louis Burkhoff, uh, Herman Bavinck, some of the, top, you know, the best reformed theologians in history. Now, most of them were writing when Israel was not on the map. Israel was gone, mm. right? And so they're reading that text of scripture and they're saying all Israel means all the covenant people who were raised Jewish, all the covenant people who were from Israel. And it means from all the way back to Abraham to on the last day that right now they're still converts. They're still Jews, right? Jews are, so Israel didn't exist, but there were still Jewish people. They just spread all across the globe and they're still practicing the Jewish religion. And he's saying basically that because there's only one olive tree and that's the elect, right? There's only one olive tree. That's the elect. That's the church. That's the people of God. That the church today is the new Israel. The church, the church is the people of God. The church is the covenant people of God, all believers, okay? So when it says all Israel will be saved, it just basically means all the elect, or it could mean all of those with Israelite heritage who come to faith. It doesn't mean at the end of time, so after all of the Gentiles are saved, now there's gonna be some kind of national revival of, for, in Israel, okay? Now, I, I say all that because they did not foresee the reconstitution of Israel. Mm. And here's what happens. <clears throat> Some people read that Bible verse and think, 
this is going to be a marker of the end times. There's going to be a massive revival in Israel. Some dispensational people believe that Christ is going to come back twice. The first time he comes back and raptures all the believers, then there's going to be a national revival in Israel and Israel is going to come to embrace Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior. Then Christ comes back a second time to set up his kingdom. Okay, mm-hmm. Many times people say there's going to be that thousand, reign, thousand year reign of Christ in there. All right. Now, other people believe that, you know, we're sitting here and uh, pre-tribulational kind of people believe that one of the signs that we're waiting on for Jesus to come back is the conversion of Israel, right? Well, here's what happens. Jewish people spread all across the face of the earth and they really get persecuted everywhere they go. Okay, people don't like them. They get persecuted wherever they go. And so they start this, this thing called Zionism. They, the people of, the Jewish people start saying, we need a nation again. We need a nation. We need to go back to the promised land. We need to go mm-hmm. back to the promised land. Now at this time, um, you know, Palestine is owned, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna say it's owned, the British is occupying, but it's owned by, but, but people own their land and it's mainly Arab occupied, mm-hmm. okay? Well, it's kind of a junk piece of land. It's just, it's just, you know, it, there's not much to, there's not much there. There's not much resources there. Okay. It's not like, you know, somewhere that's got a bunch of oil or some nat- natural resources. So what happens is Israel starts feeling compelled to go back to the, the promised land, back to, um, what we are going to call it Israel now, but even though it wasn't Israel at the time, and they start buying property mm. from the Arabs. Okay. Legally buying land. Well, they're buying land and they're, they're eventually buying up neighborhoods and they're buying up areas and they're creating this Zionist revival movement. So you're hearing they're legally buying, st- buying property, okay? Fast forwarding a long time. And then now we get to, you know, 1940s. And this is where Hitler declares that all the basically world's problems mm-hmm. are because of the Jews, Right and um, and we know what happened in World War II. Um, six million Jews are put to death in concentration camps, and and now and and then America rushes in. We win the war, and Israel Israel says we need our own land. We need our own land, and uh, the British kind of pull back. Um, it's declared. I think, what's the what's the global governing body? Um, is it the United Nations, United League Nations, of Nations, yeah. that says they they basically say we're going to give you this land, and they have this. They broker this deal between um, Israel and the Palestinians, and this all all the land of Israel. Basically, they're going to give. I think it was something like what was it? It might have been 60% to Israel and 40% to the Palestinians or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyways, they broker this deal. They say Israel gets this. Britain kind of pulls back. The day Britain pulls out of this agreement and of this of, of Israel, the, basically Israel says we're a nation. They declare that they're a nation, okay? Well, the Palestinians attack. The Pal- Palestinians don't like this mm-hmm. agreement. And so they attack. And Israel wins and pushes them back. Like, and the Israel is a very tiny, 
tiny, tiny force. I think it was about, and I can't remember, but they were vastly outnumbered. Um, and yet they pushed back and they won, I think, 70% or 77. They, they took more ground. Okay, they took more ground. Now, here's what you need to know. <clears throat> Big picture... What's going on, well, okay, I, I could say this in a, in, a, in a couple different ways. There were many American Christians that believed Israel becoming a nation was a sign of fulfilled prophecy. Mm. Very little, there's very little prophecy that, that, that foresees the reconstitution of Israel. That, and I, I think most of it can be explained by the new Jerusalem that's coming down out of heaven, Right. And, and the church. But there, there are some people who believed that the nation of Israel had to be, become a nation again so that basically G, you know, these Israelites could be converted and then Jesus could come back. At this point, I don't see that in Scripture, and I don't believe that, and it's not the historical Reformed position. Mm. Now, like I said, Calvin, Burkhoff, Bavink, none of these guys believed this, Okay. And uh, now maybe they, maybe they didn't believe it because Israel wasn't on the map. And now for us, Israel's on the map. So when we read it, we think, oh my goodness, maybe this is uh, prophecy. And then and the many Christians think, well, we need to stand with Israel because Israel is the, the people of God. And so I think we need to have a balanced, a biblically balanced understanding of, of how Israel became a nation and then what exactly is going on over there. Mm. So Israel as a people, I do not think biblically they are the covenant people of God. They have rejected, Israel has rejected the covenant. They, if you listen to guys like Ben Shapiro and these guys, they reject Jesus as the Lord and Savior. They, they say heinous things about him. They say the Jews didn't kill Jesus. They say Jesus, um, you know, was a blasphemer. Jesus didn't do miracles. Jesus, they, they reject Jesus as the Messiah, okay? And yet, Paul says we should have affection for them because that's where we came from, in a sense. That's where our faith came from. The, so if we're in the tree and our tree is flourishing and we believe the gospel, they're still the roots of our tree and God could gra graft them back in if he so chooses, okay? Now, there's a big difference between the Jewish people and the Palestinians that, that are around them, and then all of the Arab nations that are around them. We know Islam was formed 100 years, like 500 years after Christianity, and basically what Allah did, Allah received an imp, basically a vision from a demon. I'm just going to call him a demon. They call it an angel, but Paul tells us if anybody shares a different gospel, even if it's an angel, it's a demon. And so... <clears throat> um, Muhammad, right? Muhammad. What did I say? Allah. Uh, I'm sorry, Muhammad. Muhammad gets this vision from supposedly Allah, yep. and uh, and I think it's a, a demon. And he says, oh, no, 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 we could trace our lineage all the way back to Ishmael. So the Arab people, the, the Muslim world, traces their lineage back to Ishmael and basically says, Ishmael's always been the covenant people of God, not... Mm. And here's the deal. Allah tells Muhammad that he can convert people at the edge of the sword. Convert or die. And so here's the deal. Christianity is a religion of life, and Islam is a religion of death. 
the Jewish religion in one sense is because it's connected to the Old Testament. It's still a religion of life if they actually believe what they what the Old Testament says and they're not just secular Jews, okay? <clears throat> but here's what we need to know about what's going on over there. Israel has this tiny strip of land and they're surrounded by enemies. People, Israel is kind of like, they're kind of like a democracy and they're kind of, basically they're secular and they're pluralistic. Mm. Like they would be, a, they would probably be a pretty decent state in the United States. Okay. They, they kind of, in one sense, they kind of want to be like, that's, that's how they try to function. They're kind of like, um, they're liberal, right? They're, they're just liberal. Well, they're surrounded by Arabs and Muslims who want to kill them. Okay. So they've been attacked many times and they've pushed back every time they fought, they've won and they push back their borders a little bit, but Israel, I'm, so this is what I, I don't want us to hear any, me say like, we think Israel has a covenant promise from God or we believe in manifest destiny of the people of Israel or that we are naturally automatically on the side of Israel. We're not, we're not. We don't have, we're not committed to them covenantally. Right. Okay. But, um, so that, so that, that roughly gets us to where we are today. All right. Now this Gaza Strip, this is land that Israel has pushed back. And, you know, when they were attacked, they pushed back, they captured, they fought. But then over the years, they've negotiated, quote unquote, peace treaties. And they allow the Palestinians to live in this um, Gaza Strip. Now, Israel, Israel is a modern nation. And so they have tech, they have good technology. They've got good public works. They've got these things like that. So when Israel had the Gaza Strip, they piped in all the water. They piped in all the, um, all the electricity, all these different things. So the Palestinians have been living in this. And there's some, and there, by the way, when I say Palestinians, that means there's all, it's a, it's a, there's Arabs in there. There's Hamas in there. And there's even Christians. There's a small minority of Palestinian Christians in there that are being persecuted. They've had this, and so Israel says, fine, you guys can have the Gaza Strip. We're not going to fight about it, basically. Well, Hamas is basically another version of ISIS. Mm. And Hamas has been, the last two elections in, Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, Hamas has won the election. So Hamas has been governing and they govern, you know, basically through Sharia law and they're, they, and here, here's a, here's a narrative. Here's a story that Indy Wilson told about 12 years ago. He was in Israel and he was doing some filming and he was sitting down at lunch and he had, um, kind of a secular Jew that was there. He had an Orthodox Jew that was there and he had a, a Palestinian guy that was there and he was sitting down just having lunch, you know, and he said, first off, how long do you think Israel's going to last? And every single one of them said less than 10 years. <laughs> Israel would be wiped off the map after 10 years. Now, it's mm -hmm. been 12 years, okay? Then he said, what would it take? He asked the secular Jew, what would it take to, you know, for peace, whatever, for peace around in Israel and around here? The, the secular Jew said, hey, we just got to be, more, we got to be uh, more welcoming to the Arabs. We've got to be more welcoming to the Palestinians. We've got to be more understanding. And he said, okay, then he asked the conservative Jew. The conservative Jew basically says the same thing. Um, 
Then he goes to the Palestinian and he asks the Palestinian and the Palestinian says, every Jew must die. Mm. There will not be peace in the Middle East until every Jew is dead. Okay. Wow. Now, an awkward lunch from that point forward. Yeah. Well, and it, but it wasn't because everybody knows it. The problem is mm. sure. when you're liberal, you don't believe the words that people actually say. Sure. So you don't actually believe that these people want to, they will not be happy with peace treaty. They will not be happy with more land. They will not be happy with anything. Mm. They want, their religion is a religion of death. Yeah. We conquer you, you convert or you die. Yeah. Okay? Mm. And so, now I'm not, saying every, I'm not saying every single Palestinian is like that, but Hamas is. Hamas doesn't care if their children die. Hamas wants to kill Jews. Mm. That's what they want. And so we have, to, we have to understand that, right? And so Hamas does this horrific terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that justifies that kind of terrorist attack, right. okay? The, oh, they're mistreating us. Oh, they're taking our land. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing that. That doesn't justify you killing women and children, non-combatants, capturing people, holding people as hostage, all these different things. Right. So all that to say Hamas is demonic mm -hmm. and evil and they have a crooked, warped worldview that believes that they will rule the world, one, one world caliphate, mm. and they are not happy to have a seat at the table. You know, it's like we don't understand it when it comes from the Muslim world or the Arab world. We would understand it. It's like negotiating with Hitler. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like he just wants to kill you. They just want to take you out. They, they, you know, Chamberlain and famous in World War II thought he'd come back and he's, oh yeah, I've negotiated peace with Hitler. And then that weekend Hitler invades. You know, he's like, you don't, you can't negotiate with terrorists. Right. You can't. Okay. And so... There's all kind of crazy stuff that happened. We pulled out, out, out of Afghanistan. More than likely, all of those weapons that we left in Afghanistan have made their way mm. into the hands of ISIS and Hamas. We freed up $6 billion. Biden tried to free six prisoners and freed up $6 billion um, that, that we had of Iran's money. Iran can now funny, funnel more money to Hamas. Iran is behind Hamas. They, are, they, they want to see Hamas destroy Israel. Um, and so right away we can say Hamas is evil, Hamas is demonic, mm -hmm. and we do not side with them whatsoever. Right. Okay, now, now the Palestinians, <coughs> specifically there, you know, in the Gaza Strip, as long as they had free, I don't know what their elections look like, but they elected Hamas as their leader, yep. okay? And so some of it is you reap what you sow, like you've, Right. And, and Hamas, what they do is they set up, you know, their their rocket launchers and missile launchers in neighborhoods, at schools, in hospitals in different places because they use human shields because because they, they, here's the, here's what they know. They're going to attack. They're going to do violence. They don't care. Yeah. They want to uh, inflict maximum damage. Mm -hmm. But now Israel is going to retaliate. Israel is going to protect themselves. And the only way they can do that is by bombing civilian places, yeah. right? Now, Israel drops leaflets. 
Israel sends out text messages. Israel's saying, we're going to bomb you. Leave, 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 leave. And Hamas won't let them leave. In, in many cases, Hamas won't let them leave. Why? Because Hamas is fighting a global war. Hamas wants the world to hate Israel mm -hmm. so they can destroy Israel. Now, now, here's the deal. Hamas wants to come here, too. Mm -hmm. And in some sense, Hamas is already here. Yeah. Hamas is already in Europe. Mm -hmm. And these... Hamas is in our... I think it was today or yesterday in our national... in our capital. Yeah. The same capital that was stormed on January 6th mm -hmm. by supposedly white national nationalists, white Christian nationalists, is being filled up today yeah. with Palestinians that are, that are chanting Allah Akbar and they want the Jews dead. Mm -hmm. They want the Jews dead, hmm. okay? So <clears throat> there is a bizarre movement across the world where liberals are somehow siding, Harvard and these different places, siding with the Palestinians, which is absolutely bizarre because if you lived in Palestine and you were gay or LGBTQ, you would be killed. Yes. Mm. Like, I saw signs that said queers for Palestine freedom, Palestinian freedom. I'm like, you are it's ignorant. Death, you death don't sentence. Yeah, it's wow. like, it's, it's something bizarre <clears throat> going on. So, so why do uh, Americans um, care to even help? Well, man, that's a big question. Uh, we have always been a supporter of Israel mm -hmm. because we believe that Israel has a quote-unquote democracy. Mm -hmm. And so they are, um, I mean, they're a little, a spot in the Middle East where the terrorists can't gather. Mm. You know, everybody else, if they could, everybody else wants to kill us. Right. Right? And so they're, they're an ally for us. <clears throat> yeah, that's one, of, that's one of the reasons. There's many Americans that believe that Israel has a manifest destiny and, you know, that it, the conversion of Israel is going to bring about the, the end times or the, the, the return of Christ. I think we already are in the end times. Mm. Um, I, I, do not, I do not see that in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's actually true. So it's a complicated thing over there. Just yesterday or two days ago, you know, Rashid Tlaib or whoever, you know, this, this woman that's um, Palestinian supporter in the, is it the Senate or the House? I can't remember what she is. She's saying that Israel fired a rocket into a hospital and killed 500 people. And man, the world went, world went nuts over that. And Israel, down with Israel, down with Israel, destroy Israel. And then, it, and then Israeli intelligence backed up by American intelligence, we can literally get cameras on it. Yeah. And it was a, it was a Hamas misfired rocket yeah. landed in the parking lot and destroyed some stuff, but it wasn't near as bad as what they said it was. Mm -hmm. So Hamas, they're, they're, this part of this is a misinformation campaign, yeah. right? They kill their own people, and then they, they, blame, it on, they blame it on Israel, yeah. right? Mm. <clears throat> so I just talked for a long time. I might have forgotten a lot. I might have missed a lot. Um, um, if you guys, you guys are sitting here listening to me lecture here, so what questions come to mind or what what? You know, do I need to expand on anything or talk about anything I didn't talk about? Well, one thing I think maybe just for clarification's sake, so um, is is to be Palestinian is that synonymous with being Hamas? No. Correct. So okay. Palestinian is basically, from my understanding, it's the area. Sure. It's Palestine. Yeah. So you can be born there and not be 
you can be a Palestinian and you right. can be a Christian. Sure. Yep. Okay. Hamas is a newer phenomenon that like ISIS mm -hmm. and those groups, those radical Islamic groups, they come and go, they change their names, they move in and out. They're funded by different organizations. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but they want, you know, they want, they want Jews, they, the Jews dead, but then, and Israel destroyed, but then they want Christians dead too. So then as, as Christians, and we, if you're, you're looking at this, there's essentially three people, three groups of people sort of in common. I mean, to simplify it, you've got the Jews that we ought to be at least kind-hearted toward, that we look at them and see, okay, there's something here of their heritage that we're benefiting from, uh, the roots of the whole tree. Um, and obviously we want to see people who have forsaken God return to God. You have Hamas, who are terrorists. They're from the devil, um, mm. a lot of evil, and they, there's nothing dark that they won't do. And then you have Palestinians, who it's really a mixed bag. So you've got some like, so yep. when people, how, the, I guess the complexity of, okay, we, it's clear how we think about Hamas mm. and what their values are and what their aim is. Palestinians, if there are Christian Palestinians and there are Palestinians that are, their lives are in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. There ought to be a compassionate response, specifically for our Christian brothers and sisters, of mm -hmm. praying for their safety, praying for their protection, while never endorsing what Hamas is about. And not only that, but Hamas has to be destroyed. Yeah, Hamas has to be destroyed. And this is that kind of Ishmael spirit of a wild donkey of a man. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. And that's what I meant when 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 God told the you know the people Moses to go into the into this region and some of the people had to be ultimately destroyed right they had to be ultimately destroyed this is why mm -hmm. because they had de a demonic religion that sacrificed their children to other gods mm -hmm. and they want they were a violent wild donkey of a group of people right and so it wasn't like kind-hearted peaceful people let's just all smile and get along no you can't smile and get along with somebody who wants to kill you because you are Jewish, yeah. because you possess the land, mm -hmm. right? Because they, they claim that the land is theirs. They claim that they are the one people of God, and they, they claim that there is only one God, and that's Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Mm. See, that's, that's the false trilemma of the covenant. Right? And again, this came 500-something years after Christianity was on the scene. So the Jewish people are much older. The Christian people are much older than, than, than Islam. But it is, and, and there's, I mean, I, I am not a Middle East scholar either or a yeah. Muslim scholar. and Because you get into different sects of, of Islam. There's some that are more um, mild-mannered and, you know, they're not as, they're not as violent. Mm. And then there's, you know, the, I can't remember which one, but... Um, you know, I know there's the Sunni and then what is the other one? Do you guys remember it? Shiite. Shiite. Yeah, the Shiite and Sunni. So, so all of that, all of that is going on over there. And, and foolish, woke people in America think that Israel is practicing apartheid over there in, in, mm -hmm. in Israel. First off, they didn't steal the land. What do you mean by apartheid? Well, uh, Google... Google the definition of apartheid before I speak on it. Yep. But what I'm saying is um, 
Israel, the, the people of Israel, well, first they were moving there, buying the land, legally mm -hmm. buying the land. Mm -hmm. Okay, they weren't stealing the land from anyone. Mm -hmm. Then they were, then they were, they're given, given the land, right, by the United Nations. Like this is, a, this was, a legal thing that happened, right? Yeah. So apartheid is uh, the impl implementation and maintenance of basically legalized racial segregation, and so it has some, often some genocidal implications as well. Well, so here's the idea. They set up a they set up a fence, a really big fence, and they say basically, um, you know, Hamas, you can't come over here. Now, why would they do that? I don't want them over there. They <laughs> want to kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. We we should do that in our country. We won't accept ISIS members. That's the whole point of you're trying about, to talk about the wall. Yeah, the wall. We. You cannot, if a nation wants to survive, it cannot let its enemies inside its borders. Right. Right? You, you can't yeah. let the enemies inside the walls. Yeah. So it's not apartheid. It's they're trying to keep people out who want to kill them and terrorize right. them and who have historically shown it time and time and time again. Yeah. So, you know, the Palestinians have attacked Israel multiple, multiple times. So yeah. I'm not saying Israel's always the good guy. I'm sure Israel does plenty of bad things, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, they've broken covenant with their God, and so I'm sure they, be, they torture people and they do all kind of stuff just to get information, just so they don't have terrorist attacks, you know? All, I'm, not, I'm not justifying anything that they're doing, but in this specific situation, Hamas is the bad guy. Mm. And we can't, we can't even want peace. Hamas has to be destroyed. And I just want to, like, you know, clarify, too. So you're saying that because of Abraham's disobedience, we, we are still struggling with this to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, there's two sides mm -hmm. and families that are still fighting to this day. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and really is a manifestation of the enmity between the seed of the serpent mm -hmm. and the seed of the woman. Mm -hmm. mm. It's, there's, there's always going to be that, that uh, opposition for God's people. Yeah. Antithesis. There's always that antithesis. It's tough. So is there any other questions you guys got? Or anything? I, man, I wish I... So man, I think it's a I'm Christian... I'm just going off the top of my head here, guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, if I've misspoke, please, uh, I want to be corrected. And uh, I will continue to read and do my research. But And I think as, I, as a Christian, it's like, where do you get your information? What do you know is true? And I mean, there's so many different TV networks and um, news stations that people are watching. Mm. Um, where, where should they get the facts so that they can be able to like walk through and be able to see scripture or not see scripture and, and, and kind of line up their thoughts. Well, first you should go to your pastor. Let's I go. Think. A lot of, uh, um, who's your teacher? Because there's a lot of, uh, floating around in America. There's a lot of this dispensational understanding of the end times. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that just think Jesus is, his return could be any moment mm -hmm. and all of these things are signs of the times. Mm -hmm. And basically we just need to hunker down and wait for Jesus to come back and nothing's going to get better until they come back, mm -hmm. until he comes back. Now, the problem with that is people have been saying that for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, we've built Christendom once and things got better. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways things are better, in, you know, even today than they were 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Now, we know th some things are are evergreen. Some things are always, you know, 
wars and rumors of wars and, and all this kind of stuff, specifically in areas that have never been Christianized. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not Israel that's always at war. It's not Britain that's always at war. It's not, you know, United States that's always at war. It's the Middle East that's always at war. Yeah. Mm. Right? And we're trying to keep them from killing people. Yes. So, um, I don't remember how I got there. I don't remember what your question was there. So He's talking about information. Information. But yeah. other than that, man, I don't know where to get your information these days. I don't, man. Go near pastor is what you're saying, right? Well, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I don't watch, I don't watch any news. I don't watch any cable news. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Most of my news I get, I get from, I get from Twitter. I get from books. I get from live videos and feeds and podcasts, yeah. guys that I trust, mm-hmm. scholars that I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've got three books in front of me here on the history of Israel that I stole from and just butchered probably half of the stuff I said, but uh, <laughs> I can be corrected by, by these three books here. So if you want any information on that, you can, um, you can reach out to us and I can send you the, Sweet. the books. Um, Al Mohler is Al Mohler is is one of the most trusty and helpful sources of daily news from a Christian worldview. Um, Al Mohler's podcast, dude, what's that the called? Briefing. The briefing, yeah. the briefing. Um, that's a really good one. Um, yeah, but again, I, it comes. Most of my confidence comes from reading the Bible. Yes. Yeah, just just go back and 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 keep and read the Bible. And this week, I had to do a lot of study on Romans nine, ten, and eleven. Mm. Thinking like, because I'm like, man, these dispensational people look right. Because here is Israel, a new Israel's a nation again. Whoa, and maybe God, maybe God is going to do something, and maybe you know. And man, uh, going back, reading it, studying it, and I'm like, no, I, I don't, I don't think it is. Mm. I don't, yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah. So in this, in this uh, war, if we're going to just say who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, Israel is clearly the good guy. Mm. They are protecting their national sovereignty, they are protecting their people, and if they don't kill Hamas, Hamas will kill them. Yes. Okay? So we need to have that that understanding. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, anything else, but guys, before we sign off? That's good. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions, email me, justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Mm-hmm.